Welcome to this week's episode of The Last Refuge. I'm your friendly neighborhood dungeon master, DM Jazzy Hams, and with me I have Miss Dira, Kid, Bria, and Flick. Excuse me. <laughs> Excuse me. Dang it. Last week, the party returned to the world below and pled their case about the cults. Fortunately, they talked to Octavia first and walked her through their game plan, and she advised them perhaps to not use a melting glorp person as their central argument. Still not up. The presentation went well, and the community leaders seemed to believe the party, but knowing the truth of what's going on and trusting our adventurers are two separate things. In an attempt to build their confidence in the party's abilities, Bria laid out their defense plans for all four islands in a very persuasive argument. She got a 26 on her persuasion check. Will Bria's speech be enough to earn the party a little trust? Or will these isolated, obstinate people refuse to listen? And if they do, would a backwards chair and an easel make it all better? Let's find out. Hey, y'all. Yes, it would. <laughs> we already know the answer Obviously. to that one. We already, right. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we know Bria's answer to that one. <laughs> right. Thank you. Well, exactly here, that. Bria is, well, no, she's not. She's not always right. Yeah, no, that's Kit. No, don't, don't <laughs> get Kit. us confused. Don't get us confused here. <laughs> an important distinction, I think. Okay, so I test rolled my dice. <laughs> And I got two crits, so... Oh. So they're all critted out, and now it's only sub-10 rolls. Correct, (laughs) yes. Great. Congratulations on the double crit, though. Thank you so much. I have, uh, how long, years and years and years ago, when we were playing our original campaign, Alex was not in attendance one night, and he said, like, hope y'all don't die, double crit for me and then the next roll that i did i double crit and i sent it to him and was like look at this alex you're welcome it was all me <laughs> and every year it pops up on my time hop and i get excited uh-huh. over and, that, and over again i know i get the picture every year <laughs> <laughs> yeah there are a few there are a few pictures both from this campaign and that campaign that we have taken pictures of the moments and every year we all share them with each they other come back as around. if we're not all getting those images on our phones <laughs> there's definitely some that I don't get. Oh, that's good to hear. That's yeah. good to hear. Great. I'll keep sending them all. Okay, good. <laughs> I Well, I, I had something that I wanted to share with the group. But first, I'll start with a question, which is, do any of you all have friends or families or partners who listen to the podcast and then go on very long rants about their idea for strategy for the podcast? <laughs> I wish I did. Nope. I wish I did. <laughs> so I knew this was coming and I forgot. And I'm so delighted that I forgot because I'm delighted all over again. Yeah. Um. So for the 4th of July, my boyfriend and I were on a long car ride, which is when we listened to the podcast together. And Aww. at the point where we were talking about the Southern Island and strategy, he just starts talking at length about all of his ideas. And he's like, I learned, I learned that apparently he's very into like World War II strategy. So he just started going off on like, well, what you guys can do is do X, Y, and Z things and you'll be like SEAL Team 6. And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about, but I appreciate how invested you Seal are. SEAL Team 6? Oh, no. But he did have um, some it's ideas. Like Ocean's 11? Yeah, yeah, Ocean's oh. Eleven. A little they're bit like different. seals. I don't know. Now I'm okay. <laughs> Ocean's Eleven, but there's only six of them, and they're all seals. <laughs> I just, I just really wanted to share with you all, but also with the listeners, some Please. of the specific strategy ideas that were posed. Some of them I think are good, and some of them are questionable. <laughs> Idea number one: 
eagles drop glorp bombs on the central island. His point, that we need to think about aerial combat. We've only been thinking about coming in from the water. So how mm-hmm. does aerial combat comes in? Apparently, specifically, eagles. Lord of the Rings reference there. That's what I thought, too. But isn't aerial in the water? <laughs> Related to the aerial combat was the idea that we give everyone, uh, that we bring a bunch of shadow boys onto um, the flying ship. We give them all a featherfall token, and then we push them off. So they can, uh, this is where the SEAL Team 6 came in, be a task fork to fuck shit up in secret. Mm. Direct quote. <laughs> My question for that is, where do we get all those feather fault tokens? We have a year. We oh, do I have guess. a year. Oh, boy. Um, How many magic casters do we have? Not that many. Well, where did the, the guys that work in the... The miners. Lydia, yeah, the miners. Where did they get them? You don't think that there's more? That was my Idea point. Idea number three. <laughs> Idea number three. Are there subterranean tunnels on the central island? No one knows. Apparently now we have to investigate not only aerial, but underground oh we can send the 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 mermaid people to go check that out the hags the hags yeah that's a great idea oh yeah Yeah. that is a good idea and then the final idea that i had and i'll say the again the direct quote from him was recruit the sex squid which is of course the hydra (laughs) the horny hydra hydra. none of that is correct but yes i like sex squid it's nice i like it (laughs) So this was this was our brainstorming session, Pinky which you cracking. know um, different hey. from our brainstorming sessions. Wait, wait, wait! Yes. What are we recruiting the sex squid for? I don't know. You'll have to I ask know, him to engulf a bunch of fire elementals or something. I don't know, but I like Good I work. like the idea. I'm totally for it. I'm all about it. I now want a spin-off series of with the main characters being the horny hydra, the sex squid, and the kinky kraken. <laughs> kinky kraken. <laughs> <laughs> that's oh, the next that's campaign. Good. That's fantastic, and I can't make any promises about any of that should you all decide to submit it in character, but um, it delights me to know that folks think about our campaign in that way. Yeah. Um, I think that the listeners should also send in their strategy ideas Absolutely. so we can uh, really compile a rich list of ideas. Exactly. But not like too good of ideas because if they're too good, he's going to make the beast harder to beat. Mm. So like, like <laughs> take your really good idea and DM it to us and then just put out like an okay idea on Twitter. Yeah, but definitely DM it to our Twitter account, which I for sure also mm-hmm. have access to. No, 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 no. Like our personal yeah. account. Our personal oh, one of the I players. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. <laughs> but not mine because I don't get, I don't check it. So <laughs> I mean, for this, I'll check it a couple times for sure. <laughs> okay. We have to talk about capybaras oh, just God. because I think it's important that everyone knows that a group of capybaras is called a, a meditation. meditation. Mm. Because of course it is. Of course it is. <laughs> so lovely. Because they're so chill. Anyways, the cat that came from the fact that we all decided the beast is a capybara. So just be prepared, listeners. Anyways, how are you going to transition this? <laughs> Alex? Uh, oh, God, where are we? The 26th, the risk. Um, maybe we should take... Oh, God, no, I don't know. Just just play the music. <laughs> just, just play. I'll just... I'm tired. I'll put in a magical sound cue here. Bling. All right, so we're back in the world below. 
Bria, you have just laid out your plans for your defensive plans for each of the four islands to sort of prove to these individuals uh, that you are worthy of trust, that you are doing what you can to protect everyone, uh, but also that, you know, helping you probably would be in everyone's interest. And you finish and you sit back down backwards in your chair and you reach to turn the page of your easel, but then remember that it isn't there this time. And the three of them that you've been speaking to sort of do, you know, have a little huddle uh, and chat amongst themselves. It is clear that whereas before, one of them was pretty on board and two of them were a little shaky. One of them is definitely holding out still, you can tell from their little huddle. But after a minute or two, there's, you know, several big sighs and they turn to you all and they nod and they seem kind of, impressed and one of them says the nature of our society and the direct democracy that we employ makes it difficult sometimes for us to recognize our errors because they are often if not everyone's a majority of people's errors since we make decisions together but maybe we were wrong about the four of you And the one that was sort of the holdout sort of scowls a little bit and is not entirely sure that that is the case, uh, but at least has, has agreed to stop arguing. And this person continues and says, you've done the work to make sure that there are plans for those of us who wish to fight, those of us who don't, those of us who wish to contribute and assist in other material ways. And the three of us cannot promise to you that our community will want to help. We cannot promise you that our community will not be afraid. We cannot promise that our community will trust you in the way that we, and he sort of throws a glance at the the holdout, now do. But we are agreed that your banishment is lifted, and so too are any forbiddances and taboos on associating with those from the world above or, and he pauses for a long time and finally, or returning to the world above, should that be their wish. And the cultists that are with you all, that were part of your presentation, like, are clearly flabbergasted. They expected support, but straight up allowing people to go above ground after centuries of that being the ultimate taboo is is shocking. Yeah, I think we all kind of look around because is there anyone else in this room? Like, is there a crowd? Like, there usually like there has been in the past. No, this time it was very private. It was just you all and the three of them, and and that does strike you as unusual because I mean, even this person just referenced their sort of direct democracy. Um, but no, there isn't a crowd. The whole community is not here this time. I think. I start laughing after a really long pause. And I love that no one else is here because I think it probably like echoes in the room. Just like out of sheer like what the fuck nervous energy of like did this actually just work? And then I'll calm myself down. And then say, while you're laughing. Why don't Yeah. yeah. Before <laughs> while we you're get laughing. to you, why don't we get it? Can we get a wisdom save real quick to see how long it takes for you to control yourself? And then Bizdira will get to what you do in the meantime. Oh man, I crit. <laughs> oh, okay, so uh, but I mean long enough that whatever's about to happen can happen. So Bizdira, what's you up to? Bizdira's just gonna push her off the chair. 
<laughs> just yes. to get her okay. to stop. <laughs> like, so maybe that is, maybe that's what it is. Like you start laughing and the instant it becomes clear to Vizdira that this is sort of an uncontrolled might go on for a while thing. Uh, she just sort of gently shoves you and you topple out of your chair like, uh, and hit the, the floor. Time to learn. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I think they, the three of them don't know what to do. So they like busy themselves with like the paper evidence that you all have given them. And they're just like studiously reading things. Yeah, I think, I think Flick is going to oddly like kind of bow, just like curtsy a little <laughs> too low. Just be like, okay. And um, I think I'm just going to start to leave. <laughs> before, before we leave, <laughs> I think Kit's going to, you know, address the group and say, we're so grateful for your trust and for, you know, the opportunity to ask uh, your community to support us. Do you have thoughts on how we might present this news and see whether members of the community want to support our efforts? Should we just put like sign up sheets all over the place? <laughs> oh, yeah. Different clubs. Those little, you know, the things are at the bottom. They're like the strips that you can pull yeah. like, <laughs> to take the number home. Yeah. Yeah. Uh- <laughs> Want to see the sun? Join us. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever felt wind blowing through your hair or the sand beneath your toes? Yeah, it's a really long poster. Just a wall of text on like a big long <laughs> scroll. Um, you know that Bria's like done some drawings of the sun with like a smiley face on it. Like it's very. It's, it's horrifying, that. actually. That's terrifying. Because uh, I don't think smiling suns are a, a convention. So it's just like, oh my God, wait, the sun is sentient? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Come on up and find out. Yeah, right. Bring your um, sunnies. Meanwhile, you're going to blind a bunch of people. I just said bring right, your sunnies. Right. Yeah, because they know what a freaking sunny is. I don't even know what a sunny is. Who calls sunglasses sunnies? Moms. Moms do. <laughs> so the three sort of think about it for a minute. And, and the one that's been speaking sort of says, to be honest, we know that you have introduced yourselves to our community um, and made some connections with individuals. The truth is it would probably be best coming from, well, us or anyway, someone within the community and sort of thinks for a minute and says people know that you were banished. So it would probably be best if we coupled your unbanishment with the ask and it all came from us, at least at first. You know, if you all wanted to talk to those who who you already know, to individuals, that's fine. But, well, last time you spoke to the whole community, it was a bit of a memorable experience. I mean, I don't disagree with that. I think that's a valid point. I think you you should be the ones to tell them that we're not banished instead of us just being like, hey, bitches, we're back, right? Yeah. So we will, I mean, we can, you know, we have a whole system of, of uh, communication for the community. We will start to spread the word. And from what you've said, you all will not be spending the entirety of the next year here with us. So could we perhaps send volunteers to, uh, who? Wh- what should we do? Where should we, what should we, how should we, I'm just going to keep going. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess that the question is, when would you all like to speak to the community? Because we can go on our way, get some things done, and come back. Well, you know, we could sort of do it as soon as tomorrow to give time to to spread the word. 
and it does feel like to some extent, particularly if anyone is hoping to train or prepare or build or, you know, these things may take time, so sooner feels like like better. Maybe, and he looks at you, Bizdir, maybe your suggestion is is good for the interim. As people begin to, to decide they would like to volunteer, they can contact your contacts uh, with Octavia and the others. And then when you return, Octavia can help you all organize uh, whatever it is you need to do to interface with your volunteers. My, my thought process is, is that if she can just kind of take kind of, I want to say like a roll call, but that's not really what it is. But it's like, take down a list of like, who the, who wants to volunteer? What are they hoping to do? Do they want to just help with like training, building? Do they want to actually go and fight? Do they want to, you know, they don't know, but they just like, hey, I want to help how I can. Like figuring out that and then mm-hmm. going from there. I, I think that's I, that all sounds like something to work out with Octavia. We mm-hmm. can tell folks to to go to the... He almost looks like he, he's been avoiding using their name uh, this whole time. And when he finally says it, he's sort of like, uh, But he says, um, we'll send them to the Enclave. Not a dirty word. No, but it was a rebel faction within their city that they didn't know about. (laughs) But a good Uh, rebel faction on their side. Yeah, now. Uh, I think we should maybe then wait till tomorrow just to be there when they make the announcement in case anyone has any questions or whatever. We can kind of be like in the background and answer the questions if that's cool with everybody. Yeah, that's fine. We can set that up for for tomorrow. Um, You're welcome to be there. You know, I think if we're the ones speaking, that's helpful. Your presence, uh, either way, um, they're sort of staring. Anything else? Okay, so they, you know, they sort of, they have their things to attend to in terms of, like, alerting the community to tomorrow's, I don't know, town hall or whatever. And they sort of usher you after after a few moments of, like, staring at each other, wondering <laughs> who's going to talk next. Uh, they finally sort of shoo you out so that they can get on with their work. And just outside of uh, City Hall or whatever this building is um, are the four enclave leaders. They are gathered. You haven't seen books or ox in a while, I don't think. Not since the evacuation of the Northern Island. But they are all four there, including Hush. And it's sort of... There is a rightness, a completeness to the four of them. They seem to all sort of... The way that they are standing together and when you come out sort of talking to each other. And it is it is very clear that the four of them have been very close for a long time. And like, I don't know. It's, 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 it's difficult to describe, but something was missing without Hush there. And even, even with just Glorp Hush, uh, the four of them seem... I don't know. Powerful somehow. Prequel. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I did make four of them, didn't I? That's fun. Uh, and uh, Octavia steps forward uh, to greet you all as as you come out, and she looks sort of expectantly as she steps forward and says, "So." Like we'll give two thumbs way way up, uh, and there's a little you know a little applause, a little cheer from the other three from Book Socks and, and Hush, uh, and Octavia says, uh, "Excellent, uh, so that's good that it went well. We can begin preparations here. Uh, we should talk about you know next steps. Are you telling them? Are we what's happening? But uh, also, I want you to know that I uh, just about an hour ago uh, got a little message from someone." And uh, I believe whatever surprise your sister upstairs was working on is 
is ready and uh, Fiona would like to see the four of you. And we put on our rocket boosters and go straight through the earth. <laughs> the ceiling. <laughs> and you all hit the ceiling, get concussions, and have to be treated. Damn. No. Um, she says, but, uh, uh, so, so that is, you know, to add to your list of to-dos. But yes, so why don't we retire to our headquarters? We can talk about the logistics of what you just sort of accomplished uh, and then figure out the next steps. Okay. Sounds good. So you've headed back to Enclave headquarters. Uh, you've you've updated the four leaders uh, about what happened in the courtroom, uh, that they are going to be announcing tomorrow to the community, uh, that they were hoping Octavia and the rest of the Enclave could serve as volunteer centers. I don't know, the, the go-to people. Um, and Octavia is like totally into it. And she immediately starts like, the, anyone who's interested in assisting magically can come to me. Anybody who wants to, you know, do research for them can go to books, that sort of, anybody who wants to do any sort of infiltration or reconnaissance or intel stuff goes to Hush, and uh, folks who want to fight go to Ox, right? And so she's she immediately just starts, like, organizing all of that as you start talking about it. Dibs on her for the prequel. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have to give it to Karin. <laughs> no, no, you can do it, because then you can have the accent. <laughs> <laughs> Who's going to do hush? (laughs) Is there anything else that you want to go over with with the four of them in this moment? Well, did we want to talk about the crabs? (laughs) That's my question. I'm going to go ahead and assume that Flick says that, uh, because perfection. And Octavia says, what? Well, we got this infection while we were... Oh, no. Well, Sorry. Just... Octavia was there for Get the original out. crab Someone conversation and was yes yeah oh was she yes, yes she was. and she was the one who was like I'm not putting children on oh, crabs yeah. what are you oh, talking right. about that's right <laughs> no but now that we have all of them together I think there's a better chance of somebody maybe seeing the benefits of that plant you know are there no halflings in this community uh, so I'm gonna start and this is Bria doing this so it must be really bad I'm gonna start like dragging them along I really wanna go to the elevator I really wanna find out what our surprise is no but do we need to talk to anyone else down here or no Ox is Ox is a little into the idea of the crab army thank you (laughs) Um, so so Ox uh, you know sort of says yeah looks enthused and I think Octavia's uh, solution is she says you know since we're already uh, sort of organizing the volunteers why don't you all have plenty to do? Fiona's asking for you. I know there are other plans that you need to sort of take care of. So why don't we uh, we will go to your friends, to the Tinkerer, to the to Shell Warden, to the miners. Uh, we will talk to them as part of our sort of volunteer organization. That way, uh, we'll get them started on whatever their the teacher, yes, uh, whatever their projects are going to be. We will get that started, and then when you return, you can, you know, whatever's the next steps for them. Okay. Sounds good. Sounds good. All right. All right. So where next? Fiona. Upstairs. Hey, everybody. Your friendly neighborhood dungeon master, DM Jazzy Hands here with a few mid-show announcements. First of all, if you're enjoying the episode so far, it would be deadal if you could pop on over to Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever else you get our podcasts from and leave us a rating and a review. We do have one more for this season. Uh, next week is our season finale, and we have one on today's episode. So thank you for that. Any that you leave, you will hear in the coming months uh, in our little interim episodes and then in season 10. So leave them now so we have a big stockpile for later.
Next up, of course, we want to remind you about our Patreon page. Go to patreon.com slash dnd. Last Refuge to get access to all kinds of cool patron perks. And, of course, to support other creators across the Patreon sphere through our Patreon at Forward program. So many cool things. Right now, I do want to take a moment to recognize some of our awesome patrons and thank them for their support. Thank you, of course, to our Heralds of Denier, Shumigangat, Tanya, and Ark. To our honorary party member, Seven. And to our Shimmer Scale tribe leaders, Eugenio, Eliahu of Merc Grove, Lisa Diane Mercado, Ethel, and Harmony Bat. If you want to get shoutouts on the show and much more, hop on over to patreon.com slash dndlastrefuge and become a patron today. Enjoy D&D video games, but don't have dozens of hours to dump into another giant RPG? Well, have we got the game for you. Idle Champions of the Forgotten Realms is a set-it-and-forget-it idle game featuring tons of your favorite characters from Forgotten Realms lore and from contemporary popular D&D stream shows. You can get more information on the game at CodenameEntertainment.com or on Twitter at at IdleChampions. And when you start playing, use the Electrum Chest codes found every week in our episode notes to get gems, gear, and other power-ups all for free. Enhance your characters and defend Faerun with TLR and Idle Champions of the Forgotten Realms. We want to thank BattleBards, Scott Buckley, and Kevin McLeod for the music you hear on our show. You can find their collections at BattleBards.com, ScottBuckley.com.au, and in CompTech.FilmMusic.io, respectively. As always, you can, of course, also check the episode notes if you want specific track names, artist names, and links to those tracks. If you ever get adventures, character options, new monsters, or really anything at all from the DMs Guild or from any of the drive through family of websites, be sure to use our affiliate links that you can find on our website or in our episode notes when you shop at those sites so that TLR gets a portion of your purchase. It's like Amazon Smile, but make it D&D. We also want to thank D&D Beyond for their support of our podcast and for being generally amazing in every way possible. If you aren't already a D&D Beyond fan and user, go check out their services at dndbeyond.com. You won't regret it. Fancy a little more last refuge in your life? Dream of waking up to a cup of glorp and a relaxing puzzle sesh with Flick? Or maybe you just want to rep your favorite podcast during your morning run with a TLR t-shirt and water bottle? Well, your dreams can be a reality if you go to bit.ly slash TLR merch store, all lowercase, right now. Our merch store is fully stocked with all sorts of TLR goodness, and we're always on the lookout for ideas for new products. Visit the store, pick something out, and be sure to take lots of pictures and tag us on social media. Alright, so if you're like me, you probably need another podcast to subscribe to like you need another year of pandemic living. But, um, I announced late last week that this coming fall, I'm going to be DMing a brand new D&D actual play podcast called Broadway Does D&D. I have four amazing stars of Broadway, film, and TV playing with me. Uh, we've got Anthony Rapp, Nick Walker, Miss Peppermint, and LaShans. And the five of us, alongside Mischief Management, our amazing producers, are going to be bringing you a dragon-filled story starting this fall. Now, you can subscribe to the feed now so that you don't miss a single episode once we start releasing them. You should be able to find us on your podcatcher of choice, Broadway Does D&D, and you can also check out at Broadway D, the letter N, D on Twitter for more info and to see a short trailer that we've put together. I'm really excited about this show. I hope you all will subscribe and listen and enjoy. Okay, that's all the announcements we got for you this week. As always, stay safe, stay healthy, fight racism where, when, and however you can. And happy gaming, y'all. So you take the elevator back up. 
I put my sunnies on. <laughs> oh, and I get to do my thaumaturgy elevator music again on the way up. <laughs> oh, yes, definitely. Very fun. The elevator takes you back to the surface. Uh, you get you get above ground and start heading towards the ruined city where you know the Arcanium and Fiona and Necro Necroman and, and all of those folks are. As you head that way, you know, it takes... Uh, you came today through a tree, yes? I think so. Okay, because the travel to the city is, I think it takes a couple of days, right? So so as you all are traveling, uh, you know, you occasionally see signs of elemental upheavals um, where, you know, you see big chunks of ground just torn up uh, like some giant backhoe came through or whatever. But for the most part, you don't clock any actual elementals. You see pieces of them. It looks like Fiona and the Necroman and their undead hordes are doing an okay job of, of keeping these things at bay, at least for now. And after a couple of days of travel, you see the city on the horizon. And when you reach the edge of the city... Uh, immediately you see a fairly robust perimeter of various undead guards uh, who all immediately, the ones that are near you, you know, immediately sort of nod to you and open up a, a passageway into the city and sort of gesture for you to continue on. The city itself is empty in a way that you're not used to. Before, you know, there were undead patrolling the streets and this and that, but... There aren't, there isn't anybody in the majority of the city anymore. A lot of them probably, as you, as you saw when you came in, are on the perimeter of the city guarding, and uh, the rest are somewhere else, maybe dealing with the elementals, maybe they've been used in experiments, uh, uh, maybe they just got killed again. Uh, who's to say? <laughs> but they're not in the city, so it's quiet and kind of eerie, because it is a ruined city and, and dark. But you eventually get to the ruins of the Arcanium, this island's Arcanium, the big open area. That same building that you first met Fiona in is there, and uh, you can head on over to it. Just like before, the door is there, it is closed. Unlike before, there are no general guards uh, here. What do you do? We kick open the door. Uh, how about <laughs> do we you? knock first? I, like, lift up my foot, and then I realize that it would be better for Bizdira to do it anyways, so I start to put down my foot. <laughs> Bizdira pushes her over and knocks on the door. <laughs> Hilarious. Uh, acrobatics check, Bria? Oh, man, it's an 18. <laughs> <laughs> okay, she doesn't fall over. Um, you knock on the door, uh, and after a few moments, the door swings open. Uh, and inside, a slightly larger space than you would expect. Clearly, Necroman has been playing around with dimensional magic. And you see a sort of full laboratory in here. There are tables, big tables full of volembics and beakers and, and all sorts of things, notes and papers. And on one side of the room is a, what looks like a, almost like a coffin or a sarcophagus. It's this sort of stone table that has uh, four sides uh, and you can't see in to whatever this box is, uh, but it has all sorts of runes and sigils drawn all over the outside, a few, a few tubes and things leading to it. And standing next to it is uh, slightly different than he looked before, because you all know he had to reconstitute himself, but is the Necroman, uh, sort of standing there in robes, gaunt, you know, skeletal face, green fires uh, lighting up his eye sockets. Fiona, however, is nowhere to be seen. 
Hello. Hey there. <laughs> it's been a while. Just a nod. Absolutely no change in expression, nothing said, just a nod. So we're looking for Fiona. Have you seen her? Has she been around? She is not here. Don't trust it. You remember before that, like, I can't remember if Fiona told you this or if you figured it out somehow, but, like, his vocal cords before were, like, ruined and ravaged from time. And they don't look a ton better with this reconstituted body. Uh, so after he says that, uh, you hear in your in your heads uh, the same voice, but somewhat less strained, say, She grew impatient waiting and had other business to attend to. But your gift remains. Knew we should have used the rocket shoes. <laughs> the rocket <laughs> shoes. He gestures at the box coffin table thing. He's standing in front of it, right? This isn't some That's weird, like, SNL dick in a box thing, right? Okay. No. Oh <laughs> it's a lich in a box. Lich in a box. <laughs> it's very good. It's very good. That's the title. That's the title. Um, uh, Bazir will walk over yeah. kind of on the far end of where he is and uh, peek in the box. I'm on my broom. You peek in the box and there is oh, a thing in the box. It is pretty humanoid shaped. It's got two arms and two legs and a torso and a head and a neck and all of that. But it is sort of this deep mahogany sort of color and it has absolutely no features. There's very clearly a head, but no hair, no facial features. The hands have fingers, but there's no sort of knuckle marks or nails on them. You know, no belly button, none of that. Did they make us a golem? The, does Bizdira say that or does Lydia say that? I, I think Bizdira says this. Did you okay. Did you make us a golem? Uh, Arcana, Bria, yeah. fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Necroman sort of quirks his head and in your in your head you all hear surprisingly close in a way. Is it a homunculus? Warmer. It's a homunculus, other than an amazing word. (laughs) (laughs) Could we maybe roll for this, perhaps? Yeah. I will take Arcana checks. I will say it is definitely weird and creepy, and if any of you have any idea what it is, it's by putting together some very disparate hints, because this is just creepy. Uh, Bria, what'd you get? I rolled a four. Excellent. Bizdira? I got a seven. Kit. Nineteen. Okay, and Flick? I rolled an eighteen. Okay, um, Kitten Flick, you don't know what it is, but you can see that it is, you know that it is, first of all, unfinished. Like, it is meant to be more crafted than this, whatever it is. I think that's it, actually, that the two, because this is so unusual, so I think that's sort of it from the two of you that you notice. Tell us, Necroman. <laughs> the Necroman gestures sort of in the direction, out the door and in the direction of the node, and says, this is something like a golem or a homunculus, but more. Fiona and I have experimented with the power of the necromancy key, and we have created this. And he gestures at the thing in the box and says, this will be one of you. Oh, no. Is it going to look like one of us, or are one of us going to turn into it? (laughs) 
neither. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I hope he actually laughs too. I, th- I don't know that he does, but I couldn't not because that's funny. He hasn't um, laughed for 200 years. Yeah. <laughs> um, he laughs and like dust flies out of his ports. Uh, yeah, exactly. He says, one of you will donate a small portion of yourself. And upon your demise, your soul shall be brought to enter this clone, and you shall be restored in a manner of speaking. So the donation is whoever does it has to cut into the palm of their hand. (laughs) (laughs) Rather, Rather than the forearm. Are we talking like a finger or a little bit of blood or some hair or maybe like a little spit? Like a cubic inch of flesh should do. Ouch. (laughs) Oof. Okay. Well, I mean, three out of four of us have healing hands, so it'll be fine. But continue. Fiona wanted to ensure that no matter how things went, one of you would survive to do whatever was needed, lead the world into a new age, organize further resistance in the event of failure, or simply exist to remember the tale. I'm going to pull out my dagger, and I'm going to say, okay, Kit, this is going to hurt a second, but just... I think this is a draw straws kind of thing. I don't think this is something that we decide. I think this is something that we need to just, like, let fate decide. I'm fine with that, but I was going to say, if it's someone to remember the tale and tell the tale of what has passed, that sounds like a bar. Bordish? To me. <laughs> Aw, I love that so much. Oh no, that makes up. I gotta. I already started the sort of like epic long song poem, and now it's just gonna have yes. to keep going and going and going. <laughs> this, is, this is perfect because we can cut a chunk out of your leg and you won't feel it anyway. <laughs> 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 oh my god he does know how to walk he walks all the time does he so at this point with with all as of he, this he says as he's on his broom at this moment yeah he's like i could walk if i wanted to bria <laughs> so during all of this conversation when it, you know it, it, as you all are trying to discuss who who it makes the most sense to to do this <laughs> we all can can we just all have like daggers pointed at each other? It's the Spider-Man. Like the, yeah, the animal. Spider-Man thing exactly. Yeah. Uh-huh. Exactly. Uh, the Necroman says, "Oh." Uh, and this time there is it's not a laugh. I don't know that he even knows how to laugh anymore, but like he is darkly pleased about whatever he's about to say next seeing this. Oh no. And so in your heads you hear him say, "Not to complicate the issue further, But Fiona did say I should also suggest, perhaps, ensuring the survival of another. Perhaps a friend, an ally, someone vital to the success of the mission or the future of the world, whatever state it remains in afterwards. So drinks, right? We're going to cut off a chunk of drinks? I was going to say hawks! (laughs) It's just because okay. we all have crushes on drinks. I was like, going to say you can slice me, a, <laughs> slice me off a piece of drinks anytime. He's got anytime. so much extra muscle on him. That's like, really <laughs> funny. 
Necroman's eyes like flare a little brighter even. He's just really enjoying like the the indecision and the conflict. Uh, And he says, if it would be helpful, Fiona drew up quite an extensive list of suggestions. Absolutely. I think I we should see, see this list. And, <laughs> Names know. every NPC you've ever met. <laughs> Some of them you don't even remember telling Fiona about, right? Like Creepy. the corpse of the orc shaman that you killed is on this list. Oh, God, and she's yeah. like, yes, I know. <laughs> <laughs> when do we have to decide by? Right. This voice is exhausting, and also I keep having to raise the volume on it uh, in post, mm. so I'm just going to tell you um, that actually the the... What takes a long time with this spell is the body sort of maturing into a place where it where it, it is ready to take a soul. So actually, you can give the flesh whenever, and as soon as you do, uh, it will be it will be ready for you, right? Um, like it's already been, it's already created, it's already maturing, it's already heading towards the the point at which it can receive a soul. So whenever, I, I, preferably before you assault the central island, right, right, uh, right. But <laughs> um, you do get one because it is part of the necromancy keys annual spell, mm. um, and you do have more than twelve months. But the problem is, it takes once the spell is cast, it then takes four months for the body to mature to a point where it can accept a soul. Mm, gotcha. Another question. Yeah. Let's say, best case scenario, whoever's flesh gets put into this thing survives. When that person dies a natural death, will they still be brought back via this thingamajig? Yes. Will you make... That's such an interesting question. Will you make an insight check kit, please? Uh, ugh, I kind of want to use my inspiration just because I want to know what's happening. Um, But Great. actually, it wasn't that bad. It's a 16. So the necroman basically says like yes. I mean you could you could destroy the thing if you like if the war ends and you don't want to be brought back or whatever. But as long as the the flesh remains intact and ensorcelled, uh, it doesn't matter how or when or why you die. You will you will go there. There is something else about it though that he is not telling you all. You don't know what it is, but you can tell there's something else about about that process that he is not he has not said. I give him the the stink eye. What aren't you telling us? I'll say that. I'll try to persuade him to tell us. I you would. <laughs> um let you both can do it. So rather than helping, Kit, why don't you roll persuasion and Bria, you can roll it as well, but I'm gonna ask for Kit's number first. <laughs> I mean Bria's is without a doubt going to be better than mine. I mean you can Can crit. I help one of them actually? Yeah, you can help Kit. That way Kit can have advantage because we can't get less than like a 22. It's a 20. Excuse you. Oh, excuse me. I got a 16. Okay, so <laughs> so Kit, you give him the stink eye, right? And it's not a bad stink eye, actually, you got to say. You, Thank you. You all have leveled up since you last fought this guy, and he knows it. Uh, so he like starts to equivocate, right? And is like, well, I can't possibly tell you all of the intricacies of and then Bria and Flick both like step up behind you and just also give him the stink eye (laughs) and he's like oh fine and what he tells you is all of the things that he has said are true when you die you will come back to this body it will come back you know your your belongings uh, will remain where your original body is but you will come back with all of the knowledge so you'll still be able to like cast spells and fight or whatever 
And then he just sort of slips in, like, I don't know, maybe third to last, so that there are two more things to try and distract you away from this point. He just casually slips in that when your soul enters this body, you will come back, but you will be technically undead. Ugh, okay. Good times. Okay. Interesting um, which, twist. Which you all now are capable enough adventurers and have dealt with enough undead on this island um, to, like, to, to know a few things, right? One is that, like, undead are not all, like, mindless zombies and ghouls, right? So it's not... Being undead in and of itself is not going to, like, keep you from being powerful adventurers. But there are a few things, right? Like, uh, you know, Flick used to be a cleric, so you know that whoever this is, when they come back as undead, would be susceptible to things like turn undead, right? You know that, like, healing magic doesn't work great on undead, though there are workarounds. Like, it's a it's a trade-off for sure, and you all know that, would know that. Mm, okay. But we don't have to decide right now. We just have to decide. No, you do not have to decide right now. No, not at okay. all. Not at all. Um, but it is ready for you. You will have to come here when you've decided to give the flesh, right? But yeah. You won't take that in the mail or anything, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Hand I mean, delivery Yes, only. but there's a, lot of, there's a lot of really specific requirements in terms of, like, you know, insulation, and it's got to be packed with dry ice, and mm-hmm. it's got to, you know. <laughs> We've got magic for that. There's magic. <laughs> I don't think any of you have gentle repose, so. That's true. Mm. Well, used to. No. Uh, where is Fiona? Is she coming back ever? No, she's never returning. She's left this world. She's left the plane. She's left the plane? No, he tells you uh, that she actually went to the southern island uh, to catch up with her sister, your sister, the sister. The sister that's left. (laughs) The sister that's left, yes. Can I have more insight checks? From everyone? Yes, please, this time. Uh, Let's go in the other order this time. So, Flick, let's start with you. 26. Nice, Kit. 27. Always one ahead of me. No, that's usually Bria. Bria, 28. No. No, it's a 16. I'm distracted by the fact that I don't want those two women together. I love that a 16 is, eh. Like, disappointing. Bizdira. 13. All right. So, Flick and Kit, you can't help but notice that the necroman's uh, green flame eyes, green flame, keep sort of as he's talking about Fiona, keep sort of involuntarily flicking towards the clone as he tells you that Fiona is down in the southern island talking with her, or to, to meet up with her sister, the sister. Can I, I'm gonna just whisper to Kit, can I say something? Oh wait, do I don't notice. Do I notice? You I'm don't notice, notice. no, just okay, those two, just Kit and Flick notice. Mm. Hmm. Is there, I, Flick will uh, uh, say, is there something you're not telling us about why she's going there or maybe what's what's going on there? Of course there is. Care to she would want you to tell us. Unfortunately, that is true. She said as much, but I do so enjoy playing with the four of you. It seems only fair after you destroyed my body. I we'll mean, do it you again. were going to destroy us. Yeah. Did you say we'll do it again? That, no, that was, no, it was just under my breath. It was under my breath. Oh, it was under your breath, huh? No, Let's roll a perception no. check. Oh, that's an 18 on the die. Oh, gosh. Uh, what do you, what should I roll? And roll initiative. And okay. roll initiative. No. Uh, he just, he finally, he looks at you, uh, Flick, and sort of looks you up and down. And you watch as, like, one of his, like, bony hands just sort of begins, like, at his side begins to, like, wiggle its fingers. And, like, flame begins to sort of 
spark and ignite at the end of his bony fingertips, but he doesn't say anything for a moment. And then he says, I'll do that too. I was going to say, I could probably do that. <laughs> yeah, like all yeah. of us are just threatening. All of, all of us do the same. It didn't look, for what it's worth, it didn't look like he was threatening. It looked like it was just something that happens when he gets a little agitated. Uh-huh. Uh, like it didn't look purposeful or conscious. And he, he finally agrees to tell you that she has gone because she hopes to collect flesh from her sister for a future clone, not for this one. But she does want to safeguard her sister in the hopes that maybe it was just Semyaza and Mirko that sucked out of your family and that she's sort of still okay because she gave you all the earth key and like came relatively peacefully once all was said and done. And you know Fiona. She's got a hope. So she has gone to see, you know, sort of where the sister, her sister lands on this whole thing. And if it's, you know, somewhere that she trusts to safeguard her by collecting some flesh. Is Fiona spying on us? How does she know all these things? Well, you remember that she and Octavia talk. Oh, right, right. And you all were here before and and interfaced with Octavia. And so Octavia knew about the sister. And I think, and this is something you could totally talk to Octavia about if if you want. But I, I think that once you all agreed to have like Mox and Fiona sort of looped into the to the communication circle. I think Octavia just assumed that she was an ally and there was no problem in mentioning things to her. If that's a concern, you can totally talk to Octavia about that, but I think that's where she is right now with this. No, I was just trying to connect the the pieces. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's Octavia <laughs> is the is the is the central piece. Great. <laughs> Octavia loves her tea. She does. She does. She would never admit it, but she does. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, that's Fiona's surprise for you. What's your plan, y'all? Well, I mean, I was going to fight the lich, but I don't know about y'all. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, we're going to go back to the southern island and, you know, uh, intercept Fiona. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing was we had talked about seeing if the lich was going to come and fight with us on the central island. Interesting. He will let out a creepy, you know, put on a creepy, like, uh, lich smirk and say, I am very powerful and capable, but I cannot be in two places at once. Should I join you in the fight in the central island, who would be left to guard and care for you? And he gestures at the clone body. Brita. I don't know who that is. Well, clearly you have not been talking to Octavia. (laughs) (laughs) We can deal with that later. If there is nothing else. Um, Mr. Necromancer. What could you possibly need from me that would inspire you to use such (laughs) titles? Well, so, first of all, I I said Mr. Necromancer, not Necromancer, (laughs) which... Amazingly fitted, very, very good. Take inspiration. Thank you. I was actually. I have a question for you. Exactly. I mean, I know this might be a touchy subject, but how old are you? <laughs> oh God. Um, <laughs> I was here when the old magic was new. No. Um, <laughs> he says, "My time began long before this age." Great. So, I mean, I I know you're a very smart person. And she'll kind of turn to Flake and be like, why don't we ask him about the prophecies? Vizdira, make me a persuasion check real quick. I want to help her. Uh, you can help her by giving her advantage. Okay. She's talking. 
<laughs> oh yeah, that's 16. <laughs> All right, so he looks intrigued when he hears you say to Flick about the prophecies, but he doesn't say anything. What do you think, buddy? Do you want to share with the class? Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I, well, sometimes I get these visions, and uh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to just pull out my notebook, I'm going to show him all the pictures, it Great. it's a flip book now, I've shown it so many times. Truly. Yeah, absolutely, so you, you sort of flip through that, um, and tell him the story, and uh, when you're done, he's silent for a few moments, and then he says, yes, I recognize quite a bit of that. And that's where we're going to leave it for this week. Mm. Ah! Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of The Last Refuge. Be sure to listen next week to find out what Necroman knows about the prophecy. How exciting. Mm. You can reach out to the TLR team by leaving us a podcast review or by dropping us a line on Twitter and Instagram at, at DNDLastRefuge. That's at D, the letter N, D, Last Refuge. And speaking Yay. of reviews. Ooh, I know. We have another one in this week. I love it. This one is from, <laughs> this one is from this username is so great and it took me a minute to figure out what it actually was. This is from STFU Raymond. <laughs> <laughs> And STFU Raven says, I can't say enough five stars. I have to say that I rarely leave reviews, not because I don't care to or don't want to support the podcast I listen to. It's quite the opposite, really. But I often, even when reminded and swept up with other things while listening and forget to go back. ADHD is a terrible thing. Sad emoji. Also, brevity has never been a virtue of mine. Mood? (laughs) Mood? STFU Raven? Brevity has never been a virtue of mine, so I should probably apologize for that in advance. Now, with that out of the way, I have to say I've been meaning to write this review for a very long time. I myself am a queer, polyamorous, trans man, and I can state with 100% conviction that I feel safe, seen, understood, and supported through both the fiction of this podcast and by the wonderful individuals who create it. There's plenty of representation, and it's done in a thoughtful, natural way that's sure to put anyone in the alphabet mafia at ease. (laughs) I won't ever be able to thank the TLR team enough for that safe space and inclusivity within the TTRPG community. If for no other reason than this, TLR will always be near and dear to my heart as an occasional player, forever DM, also a mood, and a queer individual who loves to listen to and tell stories. Beyond this, TLR is a podcast rich in world-building, complexities, compelling characters, suspense, humor, and charm. DM Jazzy Hands and story consultant Robert have created a setting, plot, and NPCs that flesh out their universe and both delight and intrigue. DM Jazzy Hands uses the rule of cool and yes and statements to help flesh out situations the party ends up stumbling into, making small moments like the fucking well. That's not in the that's not in the review, that's my editorializing. Oh, I was like, oh, yes. <laughs> making small moments memorable and entertaining and big ones impactful while still maintaining a sense of order within the chaos. I'm glad you feel that way. (laughs) The player characters are endearing right off rip and their players themselves are not afraid to change and develop throughout the story and eventually evolve into leaders in a world separated by social boundaries and great distance, all of which we get to see them overcome as the story progresses. It's everything I could ask of a live action roleplay podcast. The editing, effects, and sound quality are phenomenal 
phenomenal. I even look forward to the beginning of each episode and the easy banter between friends. Oh God, I'm so happy to hear that too. And the easy <laughs> banter between friends who obviously care about one another and are eager to catch up and share a few minutes of their personal joys, complete with visual media and book recommendations. <laughs> <laughs> it's not uncommon to find myself trying to reply verbally. Oh my God, I do that all the time with podcasts. <laughs> I'm so happy to hear that. Uh, it's not a common to find myself trying to reply verbally, often at the confusion of my immediate coworkers. Uh, by the way, Lydia has suggested some of my now all-time favorite books, so thank you so much. Yeah, yeah, I want to know which ones. Reach yeah, out I to us again. Do too. I want to know. <laughs> Since I am shy and not particularly good at holding conversations, on top of working in a fairly isolated factory environment, these few moments are a treat. We've never met, but it feels like I'm sitting in a room full of friends each time I load up an episode. I'm excited for the next season, and I can't wait for the final conclusion of the campaign. Thank you to all the TLR team. You're an inspiration both in story and out, and I'm so grateful you all take the time out of your busy lives to continue to make this wonderful story. Th the friend y'all didn't know you had, Ray. Aw, thank you, Ray. I also that was lovely. Yeah. Love. Our Alphabet Mafia. I think that's like my favorite. Oh, have you not heard that before? I've never oh, heard I that love before. Alphabet Mafia. Yeah. Thank you so much, Ray. Thank you so much, STFU Raymond. Just really good username work. Really, really good. Uh, I love it. And thank you. Uh, yeah. So you leave a review and also email us. Uh, we want to take, I, we just read that review. We want to take another little departure from our regular outro right now to say a congratulations to a, a very dear friend of the pod, um, Nat Rose, who does a ton of amazing fan art for us, did our original character portraits, uh, the Let's Go Fight Some Orcs art, which we use all of the time. Um, he's getting married. Yay! Yay! So we want to say an enormous congratulations and well wishes and all of our love uh, to Nat Matt and Enzo, congratulations on your nuptials. We love you both very, very much. We're very happy for you. Yay! Congratulations! Congratulations! All right, if you want to know more about us as players, access our Patreon, see some awesome fan art, and get links to other streams and podcasts where you can see us playing even more D&D, you can go to our website, www.dndlastrefuge.com. As always, I want to thank Robert Hupf, my story consultant for this campaign, and of course, all of you for listening. I am your friendly neighborhood dungeon master, DM Jazzy Hands, and with me, I have... Vizdira, Kit, Bria, and Plick. Happy gaming, y'all. Um, I'm going to sidetrack us very shortly to say that no. I had to set some parental settings on one of my daughter's apps on the iPad, and it asked a multiplication <laughs> question, and I got it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> what was the question? This one's eight times six. <laughs> and I looked at it and I went, I don't know. got it wrong and it was like okay about seven times two can you do that <laughs> can you do that I yeah <laughs> they were like we gotta go way down for this lady oh my oh. god anyways well that's this week's blooper i love it <laughs>